Warning, you are about to listen to the Masters of the Obvious. But to be honest, they aren't Masters of shit. It's just my mom and her dumbass friend. So if you like interviews, nerdy stuff, and bad puns, you're going to want to listen to this. you stinky nerds out there and welcome to the fifth episode of masters of the obvious i'm kirsten bozio and i'm cynthia rose on today's pod we have an interview with comic historian and legend trina robbins we talk about underground comics fashion and being a pioneer and kirsten and i discuss nerd news new comic releases and unpopular opinions I think that's the only kind of opinion we have. <laughs> but first, we'd like to remind you to go to mastersoftheobvious.com. We have a ton of merch for sale. And if you'd like to support this pod by buying our devastatingly cool stuff, well, we really appreciate you. And hey, you may be awkward, but it's in a cute way, like puberty, but with puppies. And you can check that out Aww. and show your support at mastersoftheobvious.com. Cynthia, what are you up to? Oh wow, <laughs> that's uh, we're getting real fun. We're getting all we're getting real comfortable. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, oh wow. all right. Well, I watched the first three episodes of The Boys season two. Oh man, how do you feel about that? They are killing it. It is such a good show. You know, it's quite, quite literally, <laughs> quite literally, they're killing it. Uh, the first season, I there were points where I was like. Mm, Am I going to keep watching? And then I did. And I was happy I did. With this, it's like Britney Spears says, give me more. I can't. Oh. I, I'm having a hard time waiting for. Uh, I don't like this whole. Like, why are they making me wait to binge it? Yeah, my husband had to explain that to me. I was like, why can't we watch more? It's like, because they're releasing them each week. And I was like, but why? Because they, they're, they're milking it for um, watches. Like they Subscribe. want. Yeah. Oh. They want more numbers or some shit. Like, I don't like it. I'm part like of the microwave generation. Yeah, I just, I can't anymore. Like, I'm not, you know, of your generation, but I still want it. No. Anyway, there's a fabulous, and I don't really care if you haven't watched it yet. You're, what the fuck is wrong with you? So I'm, I'm spoiling it. I don't care. Patton Oswalt's <laughs> cameo is, yes. oh my God. Because at first, when it started, I was like. And you know it's him right away, too. Yes. I was like, I looked at Topher and I was like the fuck is that Patton Oswalt? And he's like, fucking <laughs> hey, that's Patton Oswalt. <laughs> so wild. Uh, yeah. So that doesn't, that doesn't spoil anything, really. No, it but doesn't. You, you have that to look forward to. Patton Oswalt in that uh, beautiful Scientology uh, hallucination. It's 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 amazing. I love it so much. <laughs> and he's such a nerd, too. Like all of his stand up used to be about collecting comic books. And yeah, he's great. And he had a he had a part on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He played like a, one of many lookalike brothers. It was awesome. I love that. I love him. Also, uh, do you want to talk about Stormfront for a sec? (laughs) I don't know if I've gotten to the big reveal yet, actually. Maybe I'm only on episode two. Oh, well. Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious by her name what what the fuck is going on. Is it? Did you read the comics? Stormfront? (laughs) Tell me me what's going on. No, I I haven't gotten to the big reveal of, of why she's there and why they... 
uh, had her be part of the seven yet. Oh, shit, man. I got I got a bunch of stuff I want to say about her, but now I don't know if I should. Yeah, be courteous. Come on. God damn it. Well, why, well let's switch gears. Let's, let's tell people what I've been up to. <sighs> I'm going to have Stormfront blue balls here, man. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, ask me what I've been doing. Oh, my God, Kirsten. How rude of me. What the <laughs> hell have you been doing? I finally started reading the Umbrella Academy comic books. Ooh. And they're cool. They're fun. Um, super surprised that they're not as good as the show. That's interesting. Usually people have a hard time finding um, original content that's not as good as the uh, the show or movie. I think that all the changes that they made were for the better. Like all of the kids in the comics are white and they changed that up for the show. So yay, diversity. Can I spoil it or no? The, the difference between between the comics and the movie? I mean, that's in the show. A, that's not a spoiler. Um, I think that it's uh, also like, why wouldn't, why can't the kids be of different ethnicities? They're not actually right? related. They don't all have to be white. Vanya's character, I think, is the most dissimilar. Vanya is a literal white violin in the comic books and they give you no not not much backstory on her so like why should you care about her journey why should you care like she immediately becomes a bad guy and intentionally becomes a bad guy oh. really, pretty pretty early on in the comics so, they, so that's yeah i could see that being not as uh, engaging the show is yeah. really draws you in i think you get a lot more of the backstory you, you you care about the characters in the show and i it's just bam 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 in the comic book so so that was something interesting i know my 11 year old's been reading them and likes them and and honestly i think i think like tweens and teens it's, it is a good book for them and i think anyone who criticizes the show needs to remember that that's probably the audience <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I haven't actually heard any criticism of the show, which is good because I'll fight someone. I haven't until recently. I, some friends that I feel like I had pretty similar taste to went on a whole rant about it. And that's when it kind of dawned on me like, yeah, it, the, the dialogue and interactions are not that similar from like a WB, like Buffy type show or something like that. But also like I that. think it kind of speaks to the the idea that these kids are kind of stunted like these adults are adults now they're kind of stunted in their yeah. emotional growth that i think that was a big complaint too the the person who was criticizing it was like i feel like i'm just screaming at the characters the entire time i'm like yeah no shit it's because they're a mess yeah <laughs> that's the point what's interesting about successful like i don't want to watch a what's series about, about successful people well-adjusted adults adulting like uh, nothing why do you think people listen to this podcast <laughs> i'm an accountant <laughs> <laughs> when people ask you what you do, I'm an accountant. I'm an accountant. I do accounting things. Yeah, that's not Work interesting. At an accounting place. Yeah, no one um, wants to engage with that. No one wants no, to watch that. Uh, it's like watching uh, what we do in the shadows, but they're all Colin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one wants that. Why is that a fun show? Like, no one wants that. But switching gears, I also have been reading Trina Robbins, our guest on today's pods book. Last Girl Standing, which is her autobiography. Yes. Super fascinating. I especially enjoyed her time in the 60s and 70s in Los Angeles, hanging out in like the Laurel Canyon crew. Yeah. She was like really good friends with the birds and would get in backstage everywhere. And she and just like the names that she drops, and it's not even in a bragging way, just like in a very fascinating way. Like the fact that she hooked up with Jim Morrison. Mm -hmm. 
and then hung out with uh, Linda Eastman, uh, Paul McCartney's ex-wife. And it, it's 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 amazing. And that and I haven't even gotten to the part where she started working on Wonder Woman yet. I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just really savoring all her, her stories of her early years. Yeah, well, we cover a lot of that in the interview. I, I tried to talk about all that early L.A., early uh, SF stuff that she did because it's just so fascinating. She's done so much stuff in her life. That book must be just jam-packed full of it is amazing shit. And of course, uh, the fact that she made clothing for Mama Cass of Mamas and the Papas. Yeah. Who she said was like a complete delight. And it's sad that she, she didn't have designers making her things that she had to make that, it, you know, she had to go to her friend to make her something. Well, also sad that times have not changed at all. Like uh, for the Just barely, pre- yeah. for the premiere of uh, Ghostbusters 2016, Leslie Jordan could not find a designer to make her something for the premiere. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah. 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 Should we do some nerd news? Yeah, let's do some nerd news. Well, you already covered the fact that Patton Oswalt was in The Boys. He makes a really fun cameo in it. Oh, I love it so much. I'm really sad that we can't talk about Snowstorm. <laughs> I'm still, you, still mad about it. Do you know it. what's funny? I've got Patton Oswalt and Robert Pattinson right next to each other in the news. <laughs> Say those two names really fast together. No. <laughs> so um, the reason why Robert Pattinson is in the news is is sad, very sad, because this is kind of an unofficial Robert Pattinson podcast. Yeah, I know. Like, I was like, did we just pull some Robert Pattinson news out of our asses? No, Robert Pattinson's really in the news. He's really in the news, and it's because he has COVID-19. Okay, let's take it a step further. He has COVID-19, and they've halted filming of the new Batman movie because of it. Right. He was filming... With COVID-19, it's at one point or another, and which makes me so upset that things are actually filming and that people are trying to yeah. carry on with business as usual. Fuck that. It's also fascinating to me that they had such a complete trailer and have only filmed like, what was it, like 20% of the movie or something? Let's hope that our weird little boy um, recovers well from this and yeah. that people are a lot at least they're hopefully reevaluating how they're doing things. You would hope so if the, the, the biggest name in your movie got infected and we don't know. I mean, we, they're not, they're not saying how. So was it another person on set? Was it him? Was it doing something else? Yeah. I'm not, not going to say makeup. It definitely wasn't makeup. We were fucking cleansing. Taking, taking dates with his stalkers. Right. <laughs> Was it that? We don't know. And it's just, it, 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 movies are in too close proximity of each other. It's too close quarters. Like, it's it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Something Cynthia and I are both really excited about. Silk getting a new live action television show developed by Sony. Yes. Very excited. I mean, we love to see it. Uh, you know, Korean American character. Of course, whoever worked on Spider-Verse, they're in good hands. We love to see it. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I love Silk. I've been a fan since, you know, I pretty recently uh, since I got married because my married last name is Silk and then her name is Cindy, which is what my mom calls me. So and I'm a narcissist. So I'm really into <laughs> it. I'm like, this is this is for me. I am here for it. Um, and bad news, more bad news. We're sandwiching this. We're doing good news, bad news. The Venture Brothers has been canceled after seven seasons. Devastated by this news. I adore the Venture Brothers. 
Although I did just see that Doc Hammer, I don't know if he started the group or just linked his fans to a uh, Save the Venture Brothers page. Oh. And I wonder if he's going to get the kind of support to bring it back on or what, or even what the, the terms to the, the cancellation were. Like, I, I'm really interested to see what went with the specifics of that situation. Yeah, it's interesting if he's trying to save it. Should we uh, put a link to that in our show notes? Um, maybe we should. Yeah, I think we should. Loved it. I, I think that's my favorite cartoon. Yeah. Easily. Easily, mine too. Easily. And I, I love anything that pokes fun at, obviously, comic books and anything nerdy. It speaks to my little heart. In other news, um, John Boyega, who played Finn in the recent Star Wars movies, um, came out in British GQ about how him and other POC characters were treated. He said he was very disappointed in the storylines. They weren't as developed as the other white characters like Daisy Ridley and uh, Adam Driver's characters more so than Rose and Finn. Yeah, that he was upset because that's not what he was promised, right? And he was defending JJ on this too, that, that JJ did everything that he could, but that he didn't, he didn't know where the characters are going to end up either. Right. It's hinted towards. Yeah. Well, he has force powers, but not, I guess. And that's not even, it was hinted. They didn't even like actually. Yeah. Fully not consequential to enough him. to actually do anything cool. <sighs> yeah. Whatever. It's fucking stupid. And it's not even like, it's not really news news. It's news that he's saying it, but we all, we all know it. We all knew he was done dirty. I think even people like you and I who defend the sequels know that it does have its faults and that's the biggest one for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. There's continuity errors too all over the place. Yeah, but I'm not here to shit on it. The characters are continuity. Like the fact that they spent so much time building up these characters and then to just not like tie up the sense is a continuity issue, I think. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. We, I think we, our guards are up because people just like to shit on those yeah, Star Wars movies I just, and they're not bad. They just, you know. Yeah, I don't want to shit on them. I definitely have my, you know, I have criticisms of them. But it's hard because, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's interesting because I think now in modern times, we have a tendency to want things to be, if you're going to make a Star Wars movie and you're going to try and be inclusive, why would you stop short of that? You know what I mean? Like, right. every, you know, you're going to put people of color in it. You're going to make the lead a woman um, and then sort of like just fuck it up. It's it's hard to watch because you want to celebrate the fact that they're trying something new. I also don't see the point of, of making Ray and Kylo in it, a, a thing. I, I don't I don't hate it, but I, I just don't see the point of doing that. It has a real no, no relevance to the story. He didn't do it for her because of a love for her. He did it because um, it was the right thing. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. There's no reason for it, but I loved it. <laughs> but um, yeah, That's I think one of those things like she's we get it. We get a strong female lead character. Why does why do they always have to have some sort of love plot line? Because I want the smoochy smoochy. Give me the smoochy smoochy. Because I, I want, want smoochy smoochies. Give me the smoochies. Why can't I see smoochies? <laughs> well, speaking of Star Wars, the Mandalorian is coming back October 30th. I'm just, I want to mention this every episode. Every episode. Because I want, I, every episode we, we do, we're just going to be like, we're fucking week closer. <laughs> Give it to me. You know, October 30th, perfect timing because everyone's going to be crying about fucking Halloween. Give us something to celebrate. Yeah, that's true. Give us some Mando. 
Well, I'm, I'm surprised that spirit Halloweens are even open. Like how much money could they possibly be making? I wouldn't be surprised if some of these fucking assholes are going to try and trick or treat. And have parties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess I could understand decorating, like, you know, to get yourself in the mood or dressing up. Yeah. But I feel like a, a lot of the, 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 the motivation behind that is usually so that you go trick or treating or have a party. And yeah, not just sit, you're not going to dress up house. like sexy Freddy Krueger just to hang around your house. Yeah, yeah. You're going to get fucked by sexy Jason. <laughs> Ideally. Uh, which is actually his mom. In a perfect world. <laughs> In a perfect world, you get fucked by Jason's mom. It's true Jason. So we talked a lot about the Snyder Cut. Oh a couple God, are we talking back. more about the Snyder Cut? What are we doing? It's not about the Snyder Cut, but it's in the same vein that director Ayer, David Ayer, said that he would wanted Suicide Squad to open differently than what we saw on screen and that he had pitched a very like dark emotional tale and they decided to go more zippy comedy with jokes and lighter approach to it and that a number of scenes including <laughs> this is not a good case including Jared Leto's Joker were cut yeah and then okay. others were reshot just let me let me say this guess what David Ayer a new beginning to that movie ain't gonna fucking fix it. The title cards aren't the fucking problem and more Jared Leto ain't gonna fix shit. That just makes it sound terrible, like even worse. Yeah, no, I, no, why would you, no, it sounds like you want a worse movie. I'm glad they fucking vetoed your shit because clearly you wanted to make an even shittier movie. If it was possible, you were gonna do it. Yeah, it's kind of what, I, what I've been saying about the Snyder Cut is that like, what, What's what's going to save it at this point? Like, okay, maybe release the DVD with a director's cut on it, but we're not gonna we're not gonna put a bunch of money into it. Thirty million for for Snyder's four hours. I don't think it's of worth a movie it. that no one fucking liked. <laughs> oh, you didn't like it? Do you want more of it? <laughs> oh, you didn't like no. this shit? Let's throw some more money at it and then make you pay more money for it. <laughs> it's kind of like what do they call it? The uh, when they when they ex- exposure therapy when you have a phobia, <laughs> scared of spiders. What are you sitting this tub of spiders? That, I mean, that pretty much rounds out our our nerd news. A lot, not a whole lot else going on that I can think yeah. of. I was I'm surprised you brought up Snyder again. I didn't think you were going to try and piss yourself I, off. Any reason to complain? I mean, it wouldn't be a nerd podcast if we weren't complaining. <laughs> it's true. Um, but I do want to do a little shout out here about the comic books that are coming out. New Comic Wednesday. There we go. On the ninth, baby. Buffy the Vampire Slayer's Willow number three will be out. And that has a cover by Jen Bartle, who I posted some of her work on our Instagram, uh, Immaculate. Ooh, yes. We got Lumber James number 73. My kid is absolutely obsessed with lumber jeans uh great writer and it's and it's friendly for for tweens and teens and i think that older uh people will be able to enjoy it as well and i i haven't read this obviously because it's the first one it's just coming out but it sounded interesting bill and ted are doomed number Hmm. one did you see bill and ted face music i didn't i'm afraid to i watched it what did you think if you go into it not expecting to be surprised in any way. Mm-hmm. Not expecting to uh, for it to challenge your brain dropped. in any way. <laughs> but if you want to laugh, if you just want like a feel good, forget about 
terrible shit kind of movie. It's really cute. It's really, yeah. really cute. Well, I don't like what else could people expect from it? Yeah, no, it's it's really cute. I would love to see the the David Ayer cut of that where it's dark <laughs> Release and <the> emotional. <laughs> and there's just a lot of Jared Leto for no reason. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't even cast in the movie. They're like, bring in Jared Leto. <laughs> but the cut co- the cover looked really fun. So I I would I would like to hear from our audience if they end up reading the Bill and Ted are Doom series because it looks really interesting. We've got Wonder Woman number 762 coming out. We have TMNT, of course, by Sophie Campbell, um, number 109. We have Captain Marvel 21 and Magnificent Miss Marvel number 14. Nice. Got some good ones coming out. I And I really went through the list and like, these are the ones that I'm interested in, baby. There's like a Joker Harley Quinn series going on, but I don't like the two of them together. So hard pass. <laughs> We've been getting a lot of punchline too in the comics lately, who I find pretty interesting. Is but she- again, another character manipulated by the Joker. So whatever. I mean, I guess it's fine if we are all aware of it and they make that part of the story. But if they're trying to pass it off, like they're a, like a, wonderful love story kind of bullshit then no thanks here's the deal clowns are in baby (laughs) they're just right they're riding the clown train it's like 2016 all over again picture it we're going to clown town (laughs) (laughs) shit i mean talk about not liking joker and harley together that's an unpopular opinion you want to you want to go into some unpopular opinions yeah let's get into it baby okay the word epic makes me cringe (laughs) <laughs> you know what on, a, on that note the word extreme makes me fucking cringe extreme at least is, it reminds me of like extreme it's a terrible sports. band That's very 90s it's oh. a terrible band <laughs> it reminds me of a mountain dew commercial no thanks hard pass i think it's i think it's really funny in, in front of other words like butthole <laughs> <laughs> here's mine i don't care about cobra kai Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Its existence does nothing for me, and I don't have a strong desire to watch it. So stop fucking asking me if I've seen it. It's also been accused of Orientalism. So I hate the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies. I agree. I went into it. I actually watched those movies in the theater because of my love of Sam Raimi. I love Evil Dead. I love Evil Dead 2. I love Army of Darkness. I love Sam Raimi. I went thinking, oh shit, he's going to bring his Sam Raimi-ness into Spider-Man. Nope. On paper, it makes perfect sense. On film, no thank you. Also, I don't care about Tobey Maguire. I don't like Tobey Maguire. I don't either. He's a creep. I have a story. My friend told me a story about him once and he's a creep. And I hate to say it. I don't want to. He looked too old for the character too. Yeah. But William Dafoe was amazing. He's always amazing. But his costume is terrible. He looks like a a Power Rangers villain. Yeah. It's no good. They did him dirty. All right. Crazy ladies with a ton of cats are happier than most married ladies with kids. We give cat ladies way too much flack. Please take my husband. <laughs> <laughs> we do. I, that's my, that's my unpopular bit. We All get- husbands do is Home Depot, eat chips and be bisexual. <laughs> that sounds very personal. <laughs> <laughs> the women's march wasn't a protest. What was protest? it? Protest aren't that safe. It was like, it was, it was like a, a rally with all the permits. 
Like the fact that women were out hugging cops, like there was no, there was no innate danger doing that at all. And not that they're not, not that it's fun to be dangerous, but like usually when you are protesting something, there's some sort of pushback and the police do get involved. Just like Occupy, just like BLM. Women's March, not so much. All right. We did cover this, but it is on my list. So I'm going to say it. The Venture Brothers is the best cartoon. Hands down. Hands down. I wrote fight me afterwards, but you're not going to fight me because apparently you feel the same way. I'll roll around in some hay with you. (laughs) Here's the unfortunate truth. Okay. Smoking does make you look cool. I have one that people are going to dislike just as much as the one that you just said. Should I just hit you right with it? Get get me. You're going to hate this one. (laughs) The Red Hot Chili Peppers are a great band. Yes, and Nickelback is too. Nope, nope, nope. I could have more fun listening to Nickelback than I can. That's because you're not funky. To Red Hot <laughs> What's funk? Like, like, like brain dead? Is that what you mean? <laughs> nope. When you say funky? Ugh. Okay. Anyway, I'm gonna get, give it get, give you away now as a friend. Give you give you give you away now. Cute. <laughs> Cute. Quicksilver is better than the Flash. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nothing in life is quite as bad as trying to gossip with a straight man. (laughs) Because they try to fix everything. (laughs) Or it's a, yeah, and? And? That's not fun. Be catty with me, you dumb bitch. (laughs) All you do is go to Home Depot, eat chips, and be bisexual. (laughs) Well, I guess they're straight. So in this case, be heterosexual. (laughs) If you took your nostalgia glasses off, you'd realize that most of your favorite things are bad. <laughs> They're just wow. not good. They're wow. not good. That's overarching. That's <laughs> that's all encompassing. They're bad. Wow. Um, okay. I don't care that I don't fully understand David Lynch. In fact, I like his work more because I don't. Because in life, I understand too much. And I just want to go along for a weird ride sometimes. You just want to be, you want to be the entertainment equivalent of submissive. (laughs) I love that for you. Thanks. Hey, Mm. there is far, far, far too much Batman in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, fuck. Oh my God. I mean, I'm excited for Battinson, but that's about it. I'm, I'm pretty much over anything Batman right now. I, yeah, that's hilarious. I was so there for it in 89. 89, I was like, give it to me. I am here. Tim fucking Burton, Keaton. And then they just kept going. And it never stopped. Batman, Batman. I mean, I feel, I kind of feel similarly about Spider-Man. And I, and I feel stronger about Spider-Man than I do about Batman. I'm still tired of it. Mm. By and large, beer is gross. <laughs> I don't care if that's... <laughs> I don't care if that sentiment takes away my cool girl card. <laughs> I think the first thing that ever made me throw up was a Miller High Life. <sighs> so it's all like, they're like, pick out a beer. And I was like, well, this is a champagne of beers. So Clearly. I can't go wrong with this. <laughs> yes, you can. You definitely can go wrong with that. I don't trust adults that drink glasses of milk. Ooh. Yeah. Did you learn here. that from Homelander? Oh, gross. <laughs> I mean, he's an example of that. Sure. Also, my ex. Yeah. God, that's gross. Yeah. Who does that? 
I mean, the reason that's so cringy in the show is because who the fuck does that? A fucking psychopath does that. Oh, all right. Organize. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stupid. You better keep in that laugh. All right. (laughs) Now I got the giggles. Organized exercise is just as dumb as organized religion. (laughs) Just go have active fun. Just go be a good person. Why do you have to build a cult around it just for it to work for you? How dare you? I love Zumba. (laughs) Wow. Well, on that note, dating was probably easier in the 1950s when you could walk into a field and get summoned to space and find an alien husband or a wife. Ah, oh, the good old days. The good old days. Yeah. I think that's what they mean when they say make America great again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I promise an alien husband or wife for every American citizen. <laughs> Ask not what you can do for your country, but what you can do to get sucked into space and wed. <laughs> I'm not mad at Hobby Lobby for these pro-Trump images coming from their stores. I'm mad at these dumbasses posting the pics. When did they decide Hobby Lobby was okay to shop at again? Fuck you guys. What's next? My feed packed with people upset about their homophobic chicken sandwiches? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're not wrong. You know what I don't understand? What? The appeal of true crime. Or fangirling over murderers. Like... It's cool to appreciate history and learn dark facts and whatever, but at one at what point is it like exploitative and insensitive to victims or just purely I'm not like other girls. I'm edgy. Or like yeah, or it's uh or like fucking victim porn. Victim porn, exactly. That is an unpopular opinion because true crime is that's gonna get some popular some friends really mad at me yeah i'm gonna get a lot of the uh my favorite murderer murderinos real pissed off should we leave that one out nah it's unpopular (laughs) (laughs) i mean come on like if 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 we did a segment called unpopular opinions and everyone was like yes yes bravo it's not fucking unpopular opinions no it's we just get fucking, zero, zero retweets on that one it's, it's just masturbatory opinions and you know who wants that you got one more for me i do have one more it's not that was pretty punchy i, I don't have a punch like that mine's kind of i'm gonna i'm gonna leave on a very soft soft dick note you're, you're not gonna get fan mail no, I mean, you're not going to get a hate mail. I'm not getting either <laughs> for this one. <laughs> okay. Buffy the Vampire Slayer still holds up, even though I know Joss is a jerk. I still watch it. I mean, you're not buying it. You already own it. Yeah, but I mean, like, or I'm streaming it. That still gives him something, right? Doesn't it? Does it? Doesn't it? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's other people that worked on that besides Joss, though. But that's a slippery slope. Yeah, it is a slippery slope. I don't want to go there, but fuck that guy. (laughs) Aries are a gift from Satan. Yes, they are. They're delightful. (laughs) I fucking love Aries. Teddy. Teddy's a gift from Satan. Which is funny because I had a whole satanic like baby shower. Makes sense. The presenting sponsor of Masters of the Obvious is us. Us! Producing a podcast is expensive, but you can keep this hilarious show in business. MastersoftheObvious.com has all your Motopod merch needs. Need a sticker for your laptop? 
Maybe for when I'm not doing a peep show for my FBI agent. Need to spend some money burning a hole in your PayPal? Yeah, you do. Need to prove your loyalty to the ever-watchful dark cult of Moto? Don't turn around, just buy. Well, we have the perfect place for you. MastersoftheObvious.com. Buy merch, be a hero to these needy nerds. We have the mother of underground comics, historian, fashion designer, model, mother. We have the lovely and tremendous joy to be around. We have Trina Robbins. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you. It's uh, well, my mom calls me Cindy, but Cynthia. (laughs) Either or. Just Cynthia. It's the whole thing. Okay. Cynthia, Cindy, you can just point and I'll nod. Any of the above is fine. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, you know, uh, I did have a chance to meet you at Maui Comic Con and just so lovely for you to come to Maui. We just, we enjoy it so much. So thank you. Thank you for doing that. It was a great con. I miss it. God, I had such a good time. It's so fun, right? Can we start out just talking about fashion? Oh, please. Yes. My favorite subject. I would love to. Um, I'm a makeup artist, so this is this is right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> so you, I mean, you've made clothes for rock stars. You've had your illustrations on Prada runways. You designed Vampirella's costume. Like fashion is such a big part of your life. And, and it's, it's reflected in your new works now with, with the Flapper Queens and Gladys Parker life in comics. Please talk to me about fashion. Okay, let's see, where do we start? Well, you know, um, if you've read my memoir, you know that I, I would grew up very poor and I wore hand-me-downs. Yeah. Um, you know, my sister's hand-me-downs, my cousin's hand-me-downs, and, and yet I loved clothes. So at a certain point, I learned how to sew on my father's sewing machine. My father had been a tailor. Mm-hmm. He had Parkinson's disease, so he couldn't work anymore. But... The machine was still there and I learned how to sew on this machine. And I just, you know, I just made simple things because I was a kid, Mm -hmm. but already I was so interested in clothes and I so wanted clothes. I don't know where to go from there. (laughs) Let's let's do a quick hop to Los Angeles in the sixties when um, we were still poor. I was married and, um, and was still poor. And my husband bought me a sewing machine, a hundred dollar sewing machine. And I locked myself in a room with the machine and didn't come out until I had mastered it and just started making clothes and and really couldn't stop. (laughs) And once, you know, there's just so many clothes your closet will hold. But I, I had all these ideas. So I just kept making them. And pretty soon, because we were hanging out in the Sunset Strip, in the 60s, you know, places like the Whiskey on Go-Go, places like that. Um, yeah. And I'd wear these outfits and got in free, by the way, because we were part of like, you know, that crowd. And I'd wear these outfits to dance in. And pretty soon people would ask me to make them things. And, you know, and that's how it how it kind of evolved. Right. And I simply never stopped, you know, when I moved to New York in 1966. The first thing I noticed was that their their clothes were not as fabulous as ours were in Los Angeles. Right. And I knew I had to do something about that. So I rented a storefront and opened a boutique. That's amazing. And you also, so you went from New York to Los Angeles back to New York. 
That's right. So you went back to New York and you opened a boutique and you're making the women of New York fabulous. Thank you for doing that. (laughs) And it was a great situation. You know, the boutique, it was really a social center. I mean, people would just come and hang out. And I, I made so many friends. I made friends of people who just came in one day and suddenly we were friends and they stayed lifelong friends. You know, some of them I'm still in touch with others. I would love to get back in touch with. So then, uh, then after New York, did you then go to San Francisco? Yes. Yeah. And then in San Francisco, I mean, is, is, was that the seventies? Was that when you like right around that era? when seventies. Yes. I got to New York actually in December of six. But it was almost 1970. So I always like to say I got there in 1970. Right. And then so that's when you found um, well, you were in, you were uh, working in, in Berkeley on a paper and then you found It Ain't Me, Babe, which was the first feminist newspaper in America. Yeah. And then that bore It Ain't Me, Babe comics in, in 1970. Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know. Every, it had all the controversial topics, menstruation, lesbianism. And at the same time that was going on, we had tits and clits, right? And you guys didn't even yes. know about each other. Oh, that was, that was now, that's 72 already. Okay. We've just gone I've, forward I've, two I've years. jumped a little uh, bit. That was women's comics. Women's comics was the first ongoing all-woman anthology, yes. comics anthology. Except it wasn't. Because tits and clits preceded us by two weeks and we didn't know it. You know, here we are in California on both sides of California. And in Northern California, we're, we're putting together women's comics. And in Southern California, they're putting together tits and clits. We didn't even know about each other. It's so crazy that two these two things were like born in the same time. It's like so pioneering. I mean, did you realize how pioneering this was or were you like just living your life? We were living our life. I think it isn't until later that you look back and you go, hey, that was the first. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I did another first. Right. You know? right. That's so nuts. It's 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 awesome. We'll jump a little ahead a little further. I did. I heard in ni- about 1973 that um, some of the women involved in the scene were nearly arrested. Were you a part of that? Oh, no. That was the tits and clips. That was the tits and clips. Okay. Um, it was a sudden that... I don't know, they passed some kind of a ruling that said pornography laws could differ depending upon the, the I don't remember exactly what it was, but in other words, like one city could, could have certain pornography laws, another city could have different pornography laws. And a lot of the underground comics, of course, dealt with sex and tits and clips. In fact, the reason they were formed was to deal with sex from a woman's point of view mm-hmm. because they already saw underground comics, Joyce and, and, and Lynn, Lynn Shepley and Joyce Fowler. They'd seen underground comics and it was all guys and it was all guys' viewpoints on sex. They wanted to do women's viewpoints on sex. But of course, that meant that in certain counties or cities, it was pornography. Wow. And they were very, of course, afraid of actually being arrested. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I know it's, it's brought up a lot about the misogyny and the degradation of women in underground comics and, you know, the famous quote where you were told that you have no sense of humor if you didn't find that funny, but you know, I know that comes up a lot. Like I, 
I want to know if you wanted to resort to violence, I would have put, I would have punched that guy in the face. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so insane to me that someone would say that, but someone would definitely say it now too. It's not so outside the norm. It still happens. Yeah. There's a funny thing when people say sexist things or homophobic things or racist remarks and you call them on it, they'll say, oh, it's satire. Oh, I was just kidding. But it isn't. And they're not. They're absolutely not. That's 100 percent true. Um, I I saw somewhere in one of your videos where you're talking about men taking away your agency in your younger years. And I think that's kind of important to talk about if you'd like to. Like you're a strong and incredibly accomplished woman. And you said something like how you wish your mother would have told you how to deal with boys a little better. Being in the alternative scene like Bohemian Circles, you think that men would respect your autonomy more, but that wasn't always the case. So I'm wondering if you have any advice for young women. And I'll keep it broad. In any capacity, professional, personal advice, any. Gosh, uh, I was I was incredibly naive, actually. It's it's I mean, obviously, I knew how people gave birth, how women got pregnant, but I didn't know anything else. And among other things, I hope I hope that that young women are are over that. I hope they're better than that these days. One of the things was being told by men that I wasn't talented, that I wasn't good enough. I remember in college telling some guy, another college student, that I I thought I might like to go into fashion design. And he said, oh yeah, you'd be very good at that because it's so shallow. (laughs) And I accepted that, you know, because no one told me not to accept that. Right. And oh, oh, I guess I must be shallow if I want to go into fashion design, you know? I was never... I was never told you can do it. You can be what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I had very supportive parents, I had very supportive parents, but they didn't prepare me for the world that I was going to meet outside. Right. And so I did, I did, unfortunately, I spent a lot of years, I wasted a lot of years doing what I really hope that, that young women don't do anymore, which is instead of being an artist, I hung out with guys who were artists. Instead of writing, I hung out with poets. I hung out with guys who played guitar and and, and sang folk songs. Instead of doing it myself. Mm -hmm. And and what a waste. What a waste of time. So I really do hope that young women don't do that anymore. That they realize they can do it. They don't need to hang out with some guy who does it. I, you know, I have a lot of faith in this, in this new generation that's coming out. These Gen Z kids, I watch them on, on TikTok as an elder and, uh, they're so fascinating, man. I'm going to ask how old you are. I'm 40. I'm 40. I'm 42. I'm 42. Yeah. Oh, you (laughs) know what? You're such proof, such proof that age doesn't matter. You know, you could be 25. I, and I mean, I realized that when I was in my Mm forties, I thought, my God, when my mother was in her 40s, she looked old. Yeah. But I didn't look old in my 40s. Right. It's either it, our perception or it's that times are changing. It's, it's a completely different viewpoint. Yeah. So these kids are fascinating me on TikTok. I have so much hope for the future. Oh, God. My, my hope right now is centered on, on November 3rd. I know. I think that if we can just get in, you know, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris... If we can just get that in, 
I won't mind the masks. I won't mind the social distancing. I won't mind staying home because I'll have hope. They'll, they'll feel like there will be an end in sight. Yes. Yes. Right now, it's, it's a bit of a dumpster fire. Ugh. Let's talk about your, your new books. Let's talk about Flapper Queens. Let's talk about Gladys Parker. Let's talk about it all. You know, talking about women and how they feel about themselves. These women felt so good about themselves. And in a, in a way, it's a little bittersweet because they really thought they had it all. And we know now that they didn't have it all. Just getting the vote, just getting the vote did it for them. They thought, okay, now we're equal, you know, and we can look back and go, oh, you poor kids, you don't know. Yeah. But, but still, it was such a, a joyous time, you know, and, the, and the, the cartoons in here, the art in here reflects the joy and the fact that they were, you know, what I always say is compare 1925 to 1915. If we were to compare 2020 to 2010 is really not much difference except for the fool we have in the White House and the horrible plague, but you know what I mean. But if you compare 1925 to 1915, my God, in 1915, the women are still wearing skirts down to their ankles. They're still coarse of it. Um, they had their hair was all piled up, and of course they didn't vote. And then along comes the war. Wars often make a real difference. And suddenly the skirts are chopped up to their knees. You know, the hair is chopped up to their ears. They're voting, they're smoking, they're drinking. They're using red lipstick, really dark red lipstick, which in 1915, women who did that in public were considered loose women. You know, you just didn't do that in public. They're doing it with, as far as they were concerned, they had it all. And of course, now we know they didn't have it all and we still don't have it all. And the RA still isn't fast. Right. Did you watch the uh, uh, Mrs. America? Did you watch that series? No, I didn't. You know, it's a mixed bag, but it's worth watching. <laughs> um, definitely. It's good for the younger generation to to learn about women's rights back then, because as far as we've come, we definitely have a long way to go. Gladys Parker, Life in, Life in Comics, that isn't out yet. Oh, God, it's driving me mad. It won't be out until January. And I just, of all the women that I have written about, she's the one I'd like to have lunch with. Mm -hmm. She would be so much fun over lunch. You know, talking about clothes and joking. She, she. I don't know if you've seen any, any advanced images from the book yet. I have. But she was so cute. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was just downright adorable. She looked exactly like her character, Mopsie. And you know that she designed these incredible clothes. She made clothes for movie stars like Barbara Stanwyck and Hedy Lamarr. Mm -hmm. um, and she just had a great life. And she had two black cats. <laughs> That's great. And then speaking of Hedy Lamarr, uh, this was years ago, but you did the Hedy Lamarr, the secret communication system, which is fantastic. Yes, yes. I did that as um, I was working for a, a publisher that was doing educational graphic novels for, for schools. And that was one I did. And it was really great because I got to interview her son. And at the time, of course, now that great movie Bombshell has come out and people have seen it. You know, but when I contacted her son and said, I'm writing a graphic novel about your mother, first of all, he 
didn't know what a graphic novel was in those days. He said, a novel? You're writing a novel about a Hetty? And he thought everyone had forgotten her. Oh, wow. And I said, no, no one has forgotten. Well, people had, unfortunately. Hmm. That's why we need to write about people and make movies about people. In fact, it's, it's a perfect example of what has become my life's motto, which is if you're not written about, you're forgotten. I, you know what? I, I I know that you're tired of Wonder Woman. We won't. We don't have to talk Thank about you Wonder so Woman. Much. We don't have to. Unless, of course, you want to say something about Danny O'Neill or Mike Diodato. I'm always <laughs> I'm always thrilled to hear you talk about them. That'll make me laugh and I'll love it. But we don't have to talk. about <laughs> You know, Mike Diodato actually asked me to friend him. Really? I didn't friend him. <laughs> We're stuck to your friends. guns. That's great. Yes. Um, but I just, I, I love, I, I love it when you go off on those guys, especially, and, you know, especially with Mike and how, you know, women were portrayed in comics in the nineties and, and the impossible bodies and the possible positions and the disempowerment. Like, it's just, it's great that you talk about that. And I'm, I, I love hearing about that when you're interviewed. Thank you. It's, it's fantastic. And you're such a wonderful historian. Like, I mean, when you talk about something, it's coming from such a place of authority and, and, and you know what you're talking about. It's always so wonderful. I did hear about your father speaking Yiddish and, and his uh-huh. book was in Yiddish. And is that is that the precursor to you taking Yiddish classes? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm really interested in, in that part of my heritage. You know, it's not, I mean, I'm not, obviously, I, I, I'm not religious enough. I don't believe in some some bearded guy in the sky or anything, but it's it's the heritage, it's it's the immigrant experience coming to America in the early 20th century, not even speaking English at the time. Yeah, you know, just that whole thing. I'm really interested in it. And I'm in fact working on a graphic novel about a girl, a young girl, Jewish immigrant in 19 notes in New York. That's amazing. I can't wait for that because you done the graphic novel based on your father's book. Yes. Which is amazing. It wasn't, it wasn't based on my father's book. It was it was a direct translate. Well, no, you're right. It was based because I adapted it. It was a trans a translation from his book that I adapted into comic form. Right. That's amazing. Do you, do you want to do some fun, some fun questions with me? Sure. OK. What's your favorite word? Rose red. Rose red? It's not really, but I was thinking of a word that I really liked and mm-hmm. something that that was evocative. Mm-hmm. And I thought of the rose red city half as old as time. Uh, what are you, you know, you're good at so many things. What are you not good at? Math. Math. Oh, God. I went through, I went through high school failing math. Every, I, I had to take Every summer, I would take math over again so that I could pass it. It was, Me too. <laughs> oh, you too. And it, it was really one of the major reasons why I dropped out of college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a major reason I didn't go to college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a, that's a big one. That's, I think, a lot of artists struggle with it. You know, it's, it's, a different way of, of, it's a different way of your brain thinking. You know, my partner, who is an incredibly good artist, mm-hmm. Steve Lealoha, and a very well-known inker was a math major in college. Go figure. Well, I'm really grateful because then he can always figure out the check. I love that. I'm so grateful to have a man who can figure out the check. That should have been high on my list when I was looking for a partner. (laughs) (laughs) I should have put that higher on the list. Um, What are you the most proud of? Probably my benefit books. Yes. Trip USA, 
which made a lot of money for AIDS-related AIDS causes, mm-hmm. and Choices, which was our pro-choice book. Yes, um, and Choices was actually turned down by two publishers, I heard. Yes, yes, isn't that amusing? Um, and I mean, I'm still friends with the top publishers that turned me down. It's okay, but they were wrong. Yeah. I think of Ron Turner, because when I wanted to do um, Strip AIDS USA, I phoned him first and said, I want to do this AIDS benefit book. And he didn't even let me finish talking before he said yes. And that was beautiful. So mm-hmm. then I went to him with the idea of choice as a pro-choice book. You know, when, when, when women's right to what to do with their own bodies was being threatened, as it still is. And he said, I swear this is a quote. He said, who would buy this book? Well, you know, the answer was 10,000 women, 10,000 extremely enthusiastic women. We brought a couple of cartons. There was a, a now, and it was a benefit for the National Organization for Women. And there was a now a convention in San Francisco. And um, my friend Robert Tripto, who was the editor of Gay Comics, and a really, really good friend and great guy, he and I brought two cartons full of choices and sat at a table there, and we were practically knocked over by women who wanted so badly to get a hold of that book. Yep. I don't doubt that for one minute. Is there anything that you'd like to talk about? When will the thrift shops reopen? Ah, amen. (laughs) I'm the thrift thrift shop queen of San Francisco. Um, In in honor of Hawaii, I'm wearing this thrifted... uh, Aloha shirt from the 60s, bark cloth. I love, I love vintage wine. I collect vintage wine. The Hawaiiana is pretty special. Gosh, to be the 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 thrifting queen of San Francisco, that's something. There's a there's a lot of thrifting to be done in San Francisco. There's a lot of great stuff. Actually, there. actually, it's not so good now. Oh, really? Well, I mean, first of all, the thrift shops are closed. Right. Um, but even before that, one of the best. Two of the best in my neighborhood had closed seemingly overnight. And I, I believe because of the high rents. Oh. They, I don't know if you've read about it, if they write about it outside of San Francisco, but this is an incredibly expensive city. It is. And rents are just absurd. And so many businesses, even before the pandemic, closed because of, of the rents. Yeah. People always talk about how the city has changed. It's we who have lived there for a long time. This is our favorite topic of conversation. <laughs> oh, it's changed. It isn't the San Francisco I used to know. I think that's as true with anywhere. Like you could talk, I could talk to you about how Maui, when I was a kid, had one stoplight. <laughs> like, you know. Wow. I love Maui, by the way. I love it. That that last convention we went to, which was which was around Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, we went to, is it, what's the street um, that they closed down and it's just a parade of costumes? Front Street in Lahaina. Yes, it was just great. And I, I brought my Wonder Woman costume and, and took photos of myself with, with everybody else who was in Wonder Woman costumes. And there were a lot of them. 
Yes. Yes. Um, I have a, uh, a special needs sister and at Comic-Con you signed a book for her and she still thinks the real Wonder Woman signed a book for her. And I think so too. Like you're amazing. Uh-huh. And it's just so wonderful. You were so lovely with her and it was just such a great experience for her. She still talks about it. It's so great. I'm glad. Yeah. And I know my, I have friends that have stories too. Like you had asked to take a picture with one of my friend's granddaughters because she was wearing a Wonder Woman costume and everybody has their wonderful Trina stories here on Maui. <laughs> I think I remember her. She was adorable. So cute, right? Um, but yeah, Friend Street is crazy when they they close that down. They, I think, uh, well, it used to be, I think it used to be called like the Mardi Gras of the Pacific because it gets real crazy out there. <laughs> It had a Mardi Gras feel too. It was great. Yeah, it's really fun. There were some good women artists at um, at the convention. Here on Maui? Yeah. Yeah, Francine. I think Francine actually uh, interviewed you as well. During, yes, Will yes. Raven, right? Yes, yes. She was great. Yeah. She's wonderful. I love Francine. Yeah, I mean, I would love to talk your ear off for forever, but you know... I, I, I'm so, I'm just so happy that you, you agreed to this. You're, you're so lovely and such a force and, you know, thank you for all you do and, and, and all you continue to do. And uh, thanks for talking with me. It has been a lot of fun. You know, it occurs to me that most of the people who have interviewed me were men Mm -hmm. and, and none of them None of them were savvy enough to say, I'm not going to ask you about Wonder Woman. So thank you. You're welcome. You also didn't ask me about Vampirella. I am so grateful. (laughs) You know, you, you, you know, you said that you were just on the phone with Frank Frazetta and you, and you verbally told him. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, everybody, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I love Vampirella, but. You know, why you have so you have such a like a storied and wonderful, you know, career in life. Like, why would I why would I why would I pick those small things? Thank you for sharing a bit of your day with me. It's been fun. Uh, all I can say at the end, my last thing, vote, vote, vote. I think that's 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 a great way to end it. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Cynthia. We did it. Well, Cynthia did it. Super jealous she got to talk to our guest, Trina Robbins. What a fucking delight. Please check out our website, mastersoftheobvious.com for news and merch. You can find us on Instagram at Masters of the Obvious, Facebook at Masters of the Obvious, and Twitter at Masters of the O. Please, please don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and leave a glowing review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're listening on. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you, like, a lot. <laughs>